I was just showing everyone our thumbs. Okay. Uh, welcome to another great episode of Talent Takeover Unfiltered. Hello, hello. Uh, we have a very special guest, Danielle Levy, and she is going to talk about how operationalizing core values and how that can lead to greater sales. Ooh, I love when we talk about sales. How's everyone doing? Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Danielle, how are you doing? I'm doing well too. Thank you. Good. We are so excited to have you on and a part of the show, Talent Takeover Unfiltered, which means you can be as unfiltered as you want to be. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. If that's your bag. So, or, or as button <laughs> naturally. Yes, of course. Whatever whatever you're feeling, you could be that. So, um, And that can come through in your broke to boss tip. So everybody make sure that you listen all the way to the end to hear Danielle's broke to boss tip. Um, because we're talking about sales, I'm really excited to hear what that's going to be. So y'all, let's get right into it. Nice. So Danielle, um, I, I got to say, like that's such a hefty title that we're looking at. One, I think everyone's like, how can I increase my sales first and foremost, but then to bring and marry the core values to it. Like everyone has been so mission focused being a culture ad. Mm -hmm. How can we do that? So talk to us about how you, how and why you even chose that title. I have a background in, um, uh, digital communications. I've worked in some of the best agencies and digital marketing agencies and all of the, the mad men style, like it places to work. Oh yeah. And I have literally watched people, companies and leaders draft out their core values and then put them on a wall. So much so that my last startup, which was in the basement of one of Boston's like biggest skyscraper, literally in the basement, there was no windows. It was awful. It had dust on it when they moved out and finally got a decent office space, right? Like this is what people do. We stand for this. We stand for that. And then they're like, okay, we had that meeting. Let's check it off the list. And then they go up and do their, whatever they, they need to get done. Right. And I guess inherently, I just see a real gap between let's say that we stand for these things and how we're showing up for our team members and showing up for our clients. Right. And if you can bring those things together as these are our marching orders, this is what we stand for. So that, um, all of the people, no matter if it's the person in the mailroom or it's the VA or the CEO or the manager in between or whatever, if we're all moving in the same way, it's going to be like a much better orchestra of an experience, right? So why not take those values that you've taken the time to figure out this is what we stand for and break them down by department, by function, tie them back to revenue goals, really put KPIs against them and say, how are we measuring ourselves against these things that we're standing for? And I think it, you know, they, it's, it's sort of cliche, but like two plus two is five, right? Um, if you can get that momentum going and everyone is going in that same direction, of course, your sales are going to increase because your customers are going to know what they can expect. Your team is going to know how to show, show up for each other and their customers. Um, and that's all going to be seen on your bottom line. 
Wow, that was, there's some good nuggets there. About this topic, yeah, no, like, you could tell, like, yeah. passion. I was like, whoa, I'm, I'm like sitting back in my in my seat here. Which, by the way, you guys can always watch this on um, Millionaire Recruiter YouTube. But uh, gosh, do you mind if I go first, Taylor? I, I want to no, go for it. Something. Um, okay, what I I really got excited about is how you were saying the department goals and by function. I think that that's so interesting because typically companies will say, hey. This is, this is how everyone needs to act, but then they don't tell them how to do it by, by team because really each team is different. And I always think of, you know, cause I got my recruiter mind on that really each hiring manager is different. And so it's like those cultures and values still have to come through. And it's so difficult because some teams, it's very hard to have that, especially I think of sales teams because sales teams, you have these very strict KPIs, you hit your numbers or you don't, right? Right. You, know, you, you move the needle or you don't. So it's like a lot of times those are the values that kind of get tossed out the window faster. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, well, two things on what you just said. One is I very specifically use the word function as opposed to like, I never want to say like Jennifer or Bob or, mm -hmm. you know, Taylor or who, whomever. Right. Like, let's talk about businesses as functions. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, operationalizing these core values and actually defines, defining them in the example of sales. You know, I've been in more experiences where sales goes off and sells the thing, but there's no way to fulfill on it. So immediately then you have a gap and a disappointment mm -hmm. with your customers. If you can bring those core values together and figure out what are the, how does that work for the sales department? How does that work for the fulfillment team? And are they meshing in the middle? That's going to be a really great client experience. If sales goes and um, sells the thing, if you can't fulfill on it, then the customer is going to be disappointed, right? So if you mm -hmm. can bring together the values of the company and break it down by function and the sales team knows how they're supposed to perform and the, uh, the fulfillment or the operations folks know how they're, that's going to close that gap between sales and fulfillment. And the client is going to be the one that benefits from that. And that's what's going to drive the growth. So, um, not even specific to sales, but you talk about this, about, you know, breaking it down by function for an organization. So for a, a company as a whole, uh, sales being one of those departments, but I'm curious to know who owns this, who would own this in an organization of doing this, of tying basically the values to so who is it? The CEO's responsibility, whose responsibility is it? Um, so I believe that it's CEOs and executive leadership to define okay. the core values and to model them. I okay. think it's senior level management, um, depending on the size of the organization. Maybe it's a chief of staff, maybe it's an integrator, maybe it's a COO. Just it depends on the organization that actually puts the plan together and holds people accountable, including the CEO and the executive level team for living by those values. But I do think that the CEO has to um, really guide the process of saying this is what we stand for. Got it. Yeah. No, I so, mean, we all know to get anything done, it starts from the top down. But I was just curious if you've, do you know any companies and you don't have to call them out, but are there companies out there? And I'd love it if you wanted to call them out that do this well. That you feel like do exactly this uh, well. I've, I've seen some that do it better than others. Um, I think, and I also think companies, they go through different seasons. So sure. Like you'll see them as a startup. You'll see them in a great amount of success. I think companies generally don't do this as well, like in that messy middle, like, you know, like as an operations person, my goal in a good way is to always have processes broken. Not, not that I don't want people following them, but that you push capacity so far 
that what worked for us before, now we need a new system. Now we need a new technology, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's in that state of transition, whatever they might be for companies that I think sometimes companies get a little lost. And then, you know, whatever the milestone is. And again, this is where I love a really strong CEO that says, okay, it's the end of this quarter, let's reframe or, okay, we're going into the new year, let's reframe so that they're constantly, you know, revisiting what are our core values? What are, what are we marching towards? Um, but not every company does that. I mean, just, I can't even remember the last time I worked with a company that didn't say we run on a skeleton crew. Like, I, I like no one has ever said like, we're fully staffed. Like we have the people that we're supposed right. And so I think a lot of times this stuff sort of just gets pushed aside. Yeah, I also think, and I think because of the layoffs, we actually saw people overhire. So because, and, and then now we're dealing with, you know, all the, all the heartache. Now, if the company was running the way you, you say that a company needs to run, do you think that that would ever happen then? That they would overhire? That, that they would overhire. Like, do you, do you relate the two? I absolutely relate the two back. I love to go, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Shonda Rhimes' book, The Year of Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and she talks about the hum. And the hum is when she writes, like she's in her groove and she just knows like there's that ease and that flow and that's where the growth and the magic and the genius happens. And once mm -hmm. I started like thinking about that for myself, I very quickly saw what my strengths were as a leader and as a doer. And I think of individuals understand like where their own hum is and it, assuming that they're put in the correct positions to make sure that they're set up for success. I think that is a great indicator of capacity. What I would say though, is to your point, I think there's always going to be this anticipation of sales of what can we sell? We've got to hit the quotas, you know, you know, no one could have seen the the impact of the the pandemic coming, like all of those kinds of things. So, I do think no one really has that crystal ball to be able to jack to predict how are we going to staff accordingly, accordingly. Um, but at least if you're understanding your efficiencies and your KPIs, and you know that you've got a strong org org structure and people really working in their zone, I think you're you're so far ahead of the game in making sure that you're not over or under hiring. So what are some best practices that you would say companies need to follow to accomplish this? To accomplish um, kind of operationalizing their values? Yes. Yeah. So for, step one for me is always thinking about the business that you're in and the business that you're not in. Mm -hmm. and, and especially the business that you're not in, right? Um, and once you know the vision, that vision, once you have that vision, understand why you're showing up and what really lights that fire of like, how did we land here and what impact do we want to make? I think the core values fall out of that pretty easily. I mean, certainly there's refinement, certainly um, there's a narrowing because there's, I think there's a difference between being great humans and being a great company. And um, it, it can definitely be a process to get those core values together. Mm -hmm. um, but then I think it's about having a core leadership team um, that does an audit of the full business. Um, and that can be department heads, that can be middle management, that can be an integrator. It just depends on the size of the company 
to say, what does this mean for each of these departments? And making sure that job descriptions and KPIs and performance management systems all align towards those those core values. So at what point should a company start doing this? Like immediately, because I, I'm thinking, you know, as a startup ourselves, you know, it's very difficult to, it, it seems like, wow, this is going to take like a lot of work and, and constant. So, but I, I, I see the ROI on it, but how, like, when do you set it up? So I would say immediately. And I would also say it doesn't matter the size of the team and it doesn't need to be a bigger project than anyone, you know, wants it to be like, Certainly endless amounts of time and discussion need to happen. But at the end of the day, like there's a lot of conflicting priorities um, Mm -hmm. in a business. But let me give you an example. Um, So I was working with Jess and your team um, and the client experience in just getting this arranged was really fabulous. That tells me that behind the scenes, there is an expectation, even in terms of one-to-one emails with your guests about how business should be run. That ties back to your core values. I don't, I don't want to say, I don't know how big your, your team is, but let's just assume for a second that you're a team of three. I have no idea what you're like. That right there um, is an indication of, you know, your culture and how you want people to show up. And so whether you're a team of three or you're a team of five or you're 20 or a hundred or a thousand, like all of those little interactions all influence how like your sales and your reputation and how people are showing up in your ecosystem. Yeah. Nice. First of all, a little clap here for Jess. Yay, yeah. Jess representing us nicely. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Um, so I, I guess I've done this in a couple of different ways, but I didn't realize, I guess I, I was doing it, but um, so before at techies, like we would always say we have the gold standard of recruiting. Like that was every single day we walk in and we're like, we set standards. There's no standards in this industry, but we set them. And that's how our reputation grew. Then with Talent Persons Diversity, you know, we do have our core values. And what we started to do, um, please tell me what you think, is we have every week, we have like shout outs. We call it the squawk. Basically, like, here's what we do. Here's what's going on. And let's give shout outs. So we were just giving shout outs. And then someone had an idea. Um, well, wait, our shout outs need to go based off of our values. So when you're shouting someone out, tell them what value they're they're uh, representing. And at first, I was like, this is just another extra step for me. You know, like, like do I have to really call it the value? And then I realized, wow, this is actually very powerful. And we were able to audit it. And we keep it a chart as to, one, how many people are giving the shout outs, because I think that needs to be equal. Who's showing up? Because if we're not having the whole team show up in shout outs, then there's something wrong and someone's kind of disappearing. And then three what values do we live by the most? Like which ones mm-hmm. are really, we like hitting home and which ones maybe we should rethink about, or maybe we didn't talk about enough, you know? Yeah. I love that. Um, to take it a step further, I am a big believer of you praise in public and um, you criticize or coach, you know, behind the scenes. And I've had to be a part of some very, very difficult conversations that could have been very emotionally charged. But when you tie them back to how did an action relate to a core value, whether it's an individual managing up to, you know, a CEO or it's a CEO or a manager managing down to a team member, 
it makes for a very factual and reasonable conversation if people can hold to those grounds. And I think there's a lot to be said for having a common um, set of terms and definitions um, around these words and why people are expected to act a certain way in because everyone's trying to serve the business, right? Um, and so just bringing it back to be very, very fact-based, I think is very helpful to people. Mm -hmm. I love uh, that. I do too. I was going to ask you, I know you kind of touched on it earlier, but how often should people, should organizations revisit these? So their mission and their um, values, how often should they revisit it and make sure that they're aligned? Like with the the operation, or excuse me, operationalizing. Yes, not. yeah. So, how often should we redo those, or revisit it, or view yeah. it, or look at it? Well, I think there's two parts to your question. I think, I think there's the part about you know what is our mission? Has our business evolved? Um, what are our our values? Like, for example, I was just reading um, a case study on like Blockbuster and Netflix and who was trying to buy who and all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. Like mm -hmm. I think Blockbuster should have, you know, read up on their mission. Um, a big Blockbuster fan here, but clearly <laughs> in this marketplace, they're not doing as well as they, they could. Um, but they should have been like a little bit more in tune with what their mission is and what their customers were saying. So I think as time passes, certainly companies have to revisit, but I think at the same time, you don't change your mission and your values on a quarterly basis, on a monthly basis, right? Like you need that traction. You need to be able to continually being, be able to step up into your business. Now, where I think there is room, a lot of room for revisiting is how are those operationalized? Because companies change very quickly. Roles change very quickly. Clients change very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage people to look at those on a per function, per department basis, um, probably like on a quarterly-ish basis. And I say quarterly-ish because I think it depends on the momentum of the business. But I think individuals and departments that are tied to KPIs, um, there's going to be very quick um, it's going to be very easy to see trends of, okay, we're off our KPIs. Why is this? Are we not hitting this? Because our attention is getting turned over there. And I think that you're going to be very quick to see if something is out of misalignment. So um, I think it's important to just understand like when is something a trend um, and when is something just like, oh, we we had a bad month because of the holidays or um, it's this season in people's lives. And here's what's always happens in our business versus, okay, are we a blockbuster? And, you know, things are about to drastically change and we need to be ahead of what our mission and values are. What a great answer. You answered that exactly. Like yeah. I, I was exactly what I was looking for and the information I was looking for. And even an example with well, blockbuster. Yeah. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for the question. <laughs> Sorry. I, has any has anyone watched that series yet? The Blockbuster series? Is it good? Um I think so. I, I geek out on that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and it's interesting because I have I forget the name of the town. Oh, it's just, but I have a colleague that lives in that town where like the last blockbuster is. Uh -huh. And so it's just interesting to get her perspective on the whole thing is like a tourist experience and that whole thing. So I used I to love as a kid going there. Like, I wish I could take my kids and be like, let's go pick out a movie this week. Like, like I wish I know I'm totally it's tangent right now, but I wish we could get some nostalgia back in our life. 
you know, it's like, yeah. how could that, how could that lead to sales? You know, it's like, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I could tangent on that. Yeah. Well, I'm a blockbuster fan as well. But, and, and here's another, here's another example. It's sort of a tangent, but I think it's related. So I have a, a high school senior in my house and we were talking about going to college next year. And my husband was like, well, you're going to get with your roommates and decide who brings the TV. Because when I went to college, that was the big thing. Like who, like in the, the living space, who brought all of the things. And the reality mm-hmm. is, is kids in college right now, don't talk about who's going to bring the TV because they've all got their devices. Gosh, I'm dating myself. This is killing me. But, but my point is companies are needing to look at that, like that nostalgia of like everyone coming together into a room or, you know, how are we hitting that next market? You know, anybody is, is opening themselves up to being the next blockbuster, so to speak. Yeah. So do you think as we see more generations entering the workforce that, everyone should technically take a look at their values and like, Hey, like, like, should we be updating these things with the way of the world or does it still go back to your core business? Um, I don't think I, I don't think for me, it's an either or, you know, I, I'm a very old soul. I've been an old soul since I was like 15 years old. Right. So mm-hmm. my core values, like I'm not going to change who I am as a person based on the, the trends of, of the world. That's, that's just not happening, but I think I need to have different lenses to see how my core Mm. values fit into the landscape. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, and, and I think that's important for companies too. And I would go so far as to say like this, again, this is just going to me sound, sound really dorky, but like we have a set of like core values and operating principles in our households about how we make decisions and how we show up with each other and expectations about how my two sons treat each other. Right. And isn't that the same exact thing in business? So our core values as a family have stayed the same, but dealing with a three and a seven-year-old is very different now than dealing with a 14 and 17-year-old. And so it's just how it plays out. And I think businesses are the same. Like they grow, they mature, um, they figure out like, um, you know, who they are. Um, okay. Here I am brand dropping again. I don't, I don't mean to, but are you all familiar with Kodiak cakes? No. no. So, um, i there's a few podcasts out there, but basically it was this gentleman who's multi eight figure, nine figure. I'm definitely getting the data on this wrong, but started with his grandmother's pancake mix. And now I guarantee if you go into your grocery store, you're going to see the high protein waffles and pancakes. And I just picked up the granola bars and the muffin mix and all of these things because he knew what his core was, which was his foundational project product, which took him years and years and years to get off the ground. Um, his brother sold out of the business. It's like, it's a fascinating story. Um, but now he has this really amazing product suite that is very true to who he is. Kodiak is a type of bear. Um, his grandfather used to take him to Alaska. They would go hunting together or something like that. Not getting the story quite straight, but, um, and so it's, it's a brand that stands for his values, but it has evolved in the marketplace to serve all of these other needs. And I think that's the story that as entrepreneurs, we all want to tell. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, that's powerful. That is, that was like a mic drop moment. And I think it leads us perfectly into your broke to boss tip of the week. So go ahead and share with them, Danielle. Yeah. So my tip of the week is, um, I guess I have a couple. 
Um, listen, listen for your hum, like we talked about. Mm. Um, that Shonda rhymes. What is your hum? And then, no matter what happens, um, stay in motion. Right. Um, one small step, the next small step. Um, it's sort of cliche, but you know, tiny acorns turn into great oaks. And that's mm. how it happens. Just stay in motion and continue to listen to who you are. Um, and, and that's how you go places. I love that. Love Chills. that. And I want you, I want you to know, and I hope I'm challenging all of our listeners to do this as well. Core values of the family on the wall. Like, I don't know why I don't have core values of our mm-hmm. family. Like that is what we live by. I think we teach our kids so many things, but it's like, no, here's our four things. This is what we do no matter what. For our entire lives. Like, I, I, I love that. I love that too. That stood out to me as yeah. well because we all probably have them, but actually having them written out or displayed somewhere for everybody, that's really, mm-hmm. and, and taking these, these things that we apply in business and applying them to home life as well. And we all do it without even realizing it, but actually doing it in yeah. the same way, having it advertised like this is, these are our core values on the fridge or whatever it is. I love that. I actually wrote that yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Got it right here. Bam. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, um, Danielle Levy. Where can they, where can they find you? Cause I will definitely put that, you know, in the comments and stuff like that. Um, but where can they find you? What's yeah, name? sure. So my website is daniellecleavy.com and on Instagram at Danielle underscore C underscore Levy. Nice. Well, thank you all for listening again. Um, you know, we love those reviews. It definitely helps. It gets us pumped, you know, in the morning to do our, these episodes. So thank you all so much. Thanks, y'all.